You ever have, like, your neck hurt so much that you really wish you could just, like, whip your head around? Yes. Like, in this movie, I'm kind of jealous of her, like, owl flexibility. Oh, my God. Yeah, when I watch this movie, I'm like, wow, chiropractic goals right there. Wow, just crack my back, Pazuzu. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you don't want us saying the names of these demons, don't make the names so fun to say. Pazuzu is a very, it's, it's great. That double is a circus Z's? in your Are mouth. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Double, double what? P- double Z's. Double Z's, honey. That gets double exclamation points from me. Pazuzu. you. Although they never say the name in the movie. No, they don't. They're just like the devil. You heard know. Of him. Heard. <laughs> you heard with Reagan. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. Hello? Hi. Knock, knock. Who's there? Oh, it's the devil. He's inside mm-hmm. your daughter. Oh, Jesus. Hi, welcome to Halloween Resort <laughs> Podcast. I'm Kira. I'm Cody. And um, I'm surprised it's taken us so long to get to this movie. Yeah, it's almost like it was fate. It's like we were we too scared. do anything about it. Ooh, mm. show, show. Okay, so what is your relationship to this movie? Okay, so Talk I remember like... Growing up, you know, you always hear about how it's, like, the scariest fucking shit you've ever seen. You can't even believe. So, as a young, <laughs> budding horror fan, I was like, I can't wait to watch that movie. You know, when you're a kid and you have to, like, wait <laughs> to watch movies. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, absolutely. Whether it's the rating or availability. I don't know. Um, Word, yeah. And then I finally saw it in, like, high school. And I was like, oh, that wasn't that scary. I think I was, like, waiting. I, I thought it would be... Just like a two-hour demon fest, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and then I like gave it a little time, and I saw it again as like an actual adult, and I was like, "Oh no, this is so scary! <laughs> it's great and scary and good." I think because it isn't like an unending, like just bonanza of you know terror, uh, which I also I just watched <laughs> the ill-fated sequel, Exorcist to the Heretic, and that is trying to be like nonstop demon spookies, and it's just horrible so they made the right choice what's the um if you could really quickly what's the premise of the sequel because i've I've never seen it i don't know anything about it four years later reagan is like a senior (gasps) in high school or whatever and Ah! um she's going through therapy they're in new york city and her therapist is also like a hypnotist who's like reagan you should try to remember what happened in washington and reagan's like i don't remember and also i don't really want to and then this other priest who's investigating Father Marin because they've accused him of being a heretic for being, like, Satan. Because, like, in the 70s, the Catholic Church started to be like, um, actually, we're kind of cool. Latin? I don't know what that is. Like, hell? Maybe it exists? It doesn't? I don't know. So they were they were a little bit put off by the fact that Marin's, like, the devil is real. So this priest is, like, investigating Marin's legacy, and he meets Reagan, and then, like, Pazuzu is like, hey, priest, do you want to fuck this girl? And the priest is like, <laughs> I don't know. And then that's kind of the end of the movie, because, like, they burn the house down. It was really bad. It wasn't scary at all. Um, Ellen Burstyn <laughs> didn't come back. <laughs> She's like, I'm not doing that. Like, none of the original writers or directors are there. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. Not a good time. But I've heard the third one's pretty good. It, you said it's it's um, Reagan in college or in high school? Uh, she's like a, she's, uh, I think in real life, Linda Blair was like just 18, but she's like clearly supposed to be in high school in the movie. Oh, okay. I'd be funny. I'm just, if it was college, uh, I was just curious what her like major would have been in the movie. 
if it was like demonology and she's like i don't remember what happened but i love studying <laughs> demons like i'm weird. pledging alpha kappa demon hmm. cute cute i mean redundant <laughs> because they're all full of demons anyway is that what you're saying yeah is that the joke yes. kira explained yeah you. so if you break down um the joke i was trying to make <laughs> okay go so uh that's funny because th- that's funny i also part of me is like this movie isn't like too scary but some of it is like obviously extremely disturbing and um i remember when i was a kid um we went to the museum of moving image museum of moving image in um queens you heard and uh queens you get me and i was just i was a kid and we went and they had i don't know if it was the the original or if it was a replication of but it was the dummy of (laughs) linda blair with you know Uh the head that would move and it was just chilling in like a clear display case and of course i was like probably welcome to queens (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah she actually greeted you at the door and was like forget about it (laughs) here's a map of all the best greek places um Uh but i remember asking my mom like what that was from because obviously it was horrifying looking and she was like oh it's from this movie the exorcist and then she explained to me what the premise was and that fucked me up and i was like that sounds like the most horrific drama conflama i want nothing to do with and then uh, i finally watched the movie as an adult um i think it was with you and and uh it's chaotic to say the least um i i think what is so good i think first of all i'm gonna say this is one of my favorite movies of all time like period that's that's it 10 out of 10 good job um, I, th- I think what makes the movie as an adult scarier is it's like this uh, like sense of dread that kind of permeates the entire movie from the very beginning, even when there's like nothing mm-hmm. to fear ostensibly. Um, and I can get into this later, but I think what the movie's going for um, is this like treatise on... Uh, what we view as evil in the real world and uh, like the kind of reality of when you're a kid, you kind of think that like a lot of adults, except for like some few outliers are probably like there to help you, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And then like when you become an adult, you realize like, oh no, some people are just shitty. And <laughs> I think uh, as an adult, I think it's about, you know, you see bad things happen in the world Um and sometimes it's hard to explain why they happen. And in this movie, it's similar, but, like, the way to explain that it happens is, like, yeah. ah, demon, they love being bad. And it, sometimes it's easy to reduce things in the real world down to that, but, I mean, like, that removes any nuance of it. But at the same time, I think it's important to know that, like, bad things can happen <laughs> to anybody, if that makes sense. And, like, don't fear it, but also, like, you know, just be aware that, that could happen and i we've had that um same message applied in terms of like how we viewed movies before like the idea of like don't fear the world but also like careful Ooh, okay okay i think i see what you mean like be- does that make sense um, i can elaborate because, like, later it's kind of like with uh amityville horror they're like oh my god the house is haunted and it's like well or maybe you just you guys are stressed Right, because in that movie, it's, like, backwards. It's, like, the man brings the evil to the location. Mm-hmm. Because oh, he yeah, he, loses, he brings it, honey. He, oh, he brings the evil. He, he brings it to you every ball. And oh. um, <laughs> that's not funny. Those are actual, actual murders, but anyway. Um, 
Yeah, I think that that's what this movie's going for is like, especially in the seventies, early seventies, when the, like the book was written and the movie came out, it was a time of like, for the first time in America at least, a really almost mainstream agnosticism. You know, there was like Ooh. a lot of musings on like the purpose of religion and like, well, we're all like more enlightened now, and that came with like you know the turbulent sixties. You see it a lot in movies like Rosemary's Baby, which is also about like deviltry and <laughs> you know a, not necessarily a lack of religion in the sense of like that's the answer but like of people that have been guided by a like spiritual force you know for better or for worse for like a millennium at this point who are now really a lot of people are starting to reckon with it in a way that hasn't happened before and that leads to you know it could lead to a lot of <laughs> distress <laughs> Ooh, okay yeah that makes total sense and and because uh what year was rosemary's baby again 68 was the movie. 68, I think the book right. was not f- much before that. Yeah. And this is like in Washington, D.C., which I feel like is just kind of a random sure. location. And um, also the fact that it's happening to like a working actress is like is such a very interesting... It's, it's such an interesting choice because she clearly has a lot of luxury to her life. Um, right. What's her name? Chris McNeil. And I think that it's like that. Again, like, like Rosemary's Baby, it's like that big city horror you know, she's still, there's totally. still like people everywhere, but this shit is happening and no one can help you. Yeah, I, th- I think that's, uh, I, I think it's purposeful that she's like a, you know, well-off actress who like still has, you know, turbulence in her personal life. It's not a perfect life, but you know, she's doing pretty good for herself. The first conversation she has with her daughter is like, should we get you a pony? I don't know. Well, oh think God. about it. <laughs> so it's like, you know, they, <laughs> right. they're doing okay. Um, But I think it goes to further outline the point of the movie that like, Bad shit can happen to, like, anybody. Like, mm-hmm. even people who, like, maybe seem maybe seen as untouchable in society. Like, those with, like, wealth mm-hmm. and privilege. And, like, if it can happen to them, it can definitely happen to, like, you know, people who are less fortunate. Yeah, you fucking peasants. It could happen yeah, no. to you. Oh. <laughs> Get out of the dirt and fear God, you know? <laughs> That's what I tell myself every morning. I was getting some... <sighs> homosexual vibes okay in this movie. <laughs> i <laughs> don't know cody just perked right up <laughs> yes i i don't know if it there's like much to it it was just like upon my uh like second viewing of it this time around i was like hmm are you talking between father dyer and father karis well that and also uh chris and sharon but like oh it's, I mean, it's definitely also like a gal pal fine fine line, but I think it's just interesting that, uh, you know, what's her face? Chris is, she's, is like single at this time. Like even, um, what's her face? Reagan brings up like, oh, do you like that, that dude? And she's that like, no. Crusty old director. And she's like, I do not. <laughs> that piece of shit. Like, trust me, he's just Him? a friend. So like, I think she, you know, maybe she's like working on herself right now. She spends a lot of time with Sharon. They understand each other. There's like moments that they like are kicking Burke out of the house because he's drunk. And like Sharon's very supportive and like, she could just be a good friend. Sure. But I don't know. I kind of, I kind of got more vibes of like, Men, am I right? You know? <laughs> I'd be that too. They could just be like, wow, this world sucks for us. <laughs> right. Everything sucks. So that's definitely part of it. Um, but yeah, so Father Dyer and uh, Damien, who, motherfucker, his name is Damien. Yes. Let's start with that. I know. I mean, this is before the omen, but still. like, 
It it sounds like demon. Is yeah, it still sounds like demon, regardless. Um, but yeah, he and Father Dyer had like some moments, and like Father Dyer loved musicals, <laughs> and he wanted. Oh, he said heaven yes. was him headlining, and they love me. Right, went, I'm in a what, nightclub. I'm headlining, and they love me. He literally like jazz hands, and it's like. Oh, okay. Okay. Hi. Yeah. Hey girl, I see you. And the lieutenant, like that random mustachio gentleman who was like, I'm not really sure, like, he was an interesting presence. He also was like, You want to go see a movie with me? And like, Oh, I have a sense of humor. And so do you, Father Dyer. Let's go to the movie theater together. Yeah. And then Dyer and Karis even make the same joke where they're like, I've seen them before. So it, yeah. it read to me as like, That's a bit that Dyer and Karis had, you know? Um, um, they were close. They had inside jokes. Mm, you know what else is inside? Oh my god! The Holy Spirit, Cody. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so that sorry. was my fault. I'm sorry. I'm. <laughs> yeah, that was that was definitely your your fault. Mm. Okay. Yes. Um. Yeah. The scene where Dyer goes to like be like hi to Karis after his mom dies and Di- mm-hmm. Karis has been drinking. And he, like, puts him in bed and takes his shoes off. There's a moment where Karis, like, reaches up and, like, grabs Dyer's arm of it. So if he's going to, like, say something or, like, mm-hmm. ask him to stay or something. And then he just says nothing. And it's very, mm-hmm. like, I've watched enough, you know, uh, tepid <laughs> same-sex period romances to know, a, like, you know, a scant glance and a, a meaningful lingering touch when I see one. Ugh. He, he just wants to cuddle in that little bed he has in his like little dorm apartment we have so much in common we're both priests we're both yes (laughs) oh goodness that's such a funny um choice that they were like okay so if you were a priest people will be able to recognize you by hmm i don't know let's use like a really simple collar yeah not like a nice hat like any but like you have to wear it all the time hmm but if you're a nun, you gotta wear that all the time. I think, mm. right? Oh, isn't that interesting? And priests can smoke cigarettes and drink like they do in this movie? I didn't know that. I knew cigarettes. I but. know. Well, I think nuns can too. Like, you know, like drunk nuns or whatever. But I mean. What? Well, you know, fun. drunk nuns. <laughs> that sounds fun. Um, it does. I will say, I also want to say while we while brought up Sharon, I think it's, <laughs> it must be, it's kind of perversely funny that like Sharon books this like assistant gig for this actress and like. The same with, like, the butler and the cook, and it's probably, like, oh, this will be, like, a nice, easy, cushy, like, even maybe mm-hmm. even a glamorous job. Like, they mentioned, like, oh, I got an invitation to the White House. I don't know if I'm going to go. Like, that kind of vibe. Yes. And it, they probably thought it was going to be, like, the dream job, and instead they have to worry about her daughter who's possessed by a demon. Oh, my God. It is so stressful. And, like, literally, like you were saying before, that it just creates such a, like... There's such an, an an air of despair. Like, it's just, everything is so, it's just very stressful. It's cold. It's um, cold. It's so, it's, yeah, exactly. It's so much. They just wanted a simple job. Did you, okay, I watched the director's cut, I will say, also, before we get into further analysis, just for the people out there, which is also called The Version You've Never Seen. It's back in, like, 2000. Uh, The director went back and restored a bunch of, like, scenes that had been cut that, like, the writer objected to being cut. And also he added, like, new things, like, new, like, sound effects and new, like, little phases popping up and little moments like that. And Okay, yeah. I kind of view it as, like, the definitive version. I sometimes get a little bit annoyed by, like, when movies are re-released and they're, like, updated with 
special effects and stuff, like the Star Wars movies or something. Oh but my god, yeah. With this, I think it is more tasteful and like seamless. It's not like there's like a CGI demon like walking across the street at one point or anything. It's like pretty, it kind of just enhances what the movie already had going for it. And it's not a lot of stuff that they couldn't have done in the 70s anyway. So uh, this time around, I watched the theatrical version first, and then uh-huh. I watched the director's cut. Extended oh, you watched cut. both. Okay. So I watched both, and I found that the director's cut um, obviously had more in it, but it made some things a little clearer, like her transition into like complete insanity was a little more um, yeah. fluid as opposed to like uh, as opposed to the. Uh, more edited version. Uh, so I did, I, I, I kind of liked it more. It gave me a little more information and it added to the experience. But what, uh, you're saying effects were added that weren't like too distracting. What what was added? I, I know a face, an extra face or two popped up. Yeah, um, the, there there are some faces, like some demon faces, some of the famous subliminal images in the original, but there's more of them in the director's cut. There's like one when Chris comes home and it's like right when Burke's been pushed out the window by Reagan. Mm-hmm. One of the faces like appears on the hood of the stove behind her at one yeah! point and like little things like that. And it's just... You cooking? Yeah. <laughs> I'm hungry. Mom? <laughs> So there's that. Um, there are already... The demon faces that were already there, I think we're at the... Um, there's one in Karis's dream where he sees his mom coming out of and going into the subway, which I love. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's great. It's like, is the subway hell? Oh, because she's um, going down. Sugar. Well, yeah. And later, because the demon's like, your mother famously sucks cocks in hell. Okay. So. But we're not saying she doesn't enjoy it. You know what right. I mean? It's not like she, <laughs> it's not like people, it's not like a, a more violent description of it, you know? Yeah. It's not like, she, maybe she's not, maybe she's into this. Maybe she's in her own version of heaven. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. She is. No, she's no. Um, oh, so, so there's a face that appears there. There's one that mm-hmm. appears when Reagan is getting like a checkup and it's the first time she starts to act kind of weird. Uh, mm-hmm. That like first medical scene when she starts like. When the doctor says she, like, curse at him, uh, oh, she's, like, amazing. lying there on the table getting, like, a test done and, like, a face just appears and her eyes kind of wide and, like, uh-oh. Oh, like, in, so almost scary. like in that moment. I know. And I don't think that's the moment where the demon, like, goes into her <laughs> or right, whatever because right. there's moments before then of, like, noises in the attic and stuff. But I do think yeah. that's maybe the first time that the demon is able to, like, manifest anything inside Reagan because that's when she starts, like, wandering around and like humming and like falling down I loved and like it. yeah curses at the doctor i love that okay so i don't think this moment was in the regular theatrical release and if it was i forgot my bad but like so after that scene he talks to mother uh chris mcneil and he's like your mm-hmm. daughter said some crazy shit she told me to get her fingers away from her cunt or something something crazy yeah Uh, but also like iconic and so i wonder if because she said that to him she pushed burke dennings out of the window but we don't know why or like when well we know when but we don't we didn't see it yeah that's after this so i'm curious if there was like oh i was getting a salty vibes because it's like Obviously, this little this demon inside of her just wants to say crazy things and like literally create chaos. But it's also interesting that like, like what was Burke doing in her bedroom? I guess is my question. I always wonder that because like there's, I mean, I I assume he was just like drunk and wandering around the house, but like it could be much more insidious than that, obviously. Or maybe the demon like through Reagan was like, hey, hey, come here, 
you know, <laughs> like I got right. something to show you. Yeah. Come over here. I got something to show you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dennings. Um. <laughs> also, I love, it took me until the second viewing to know who the fuck Burke was. I knew who like the name was. I understood that he was, you know, someone <laughs> that the mom knew, yes. but I didn't realize it was the director of the movie she was yes, in. Yes. And it was also the, the guy, guy who was going around and like harassing Carl, the like butler man and making fun right. of him for being a Nazi, which I was like, wow, that's such a mood. <laughs> but also it's like, what do. are we doing here? Like what? But like, who, who is this? Why are we doing this? <laughs> I don't know. It was um, such a weird choice. And like, yeah, I don't know if that was supposed to like be a red herring that maybe Carl killed him at some point, but like I never thought that. Oh, I just thought it was oh, funny I think that, that he was calling that him probably Nazi. is why we see that so that we think like oh maybe Burke was pushed by Carl. I don't know. I think it also is just kind of um, indicative of a type of xenophobia that I'm sure was like experienced for a few decades after World War II, where anybody with like right, a yeah. European accent was like you know did you work for the Nazis. Um, which, like, you know, some of them did, so, you know. <laughs> but also, it's good you know, to ask. not everybody did. It's a good... <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, and I also... It took me a few viewings. I've seen this movie a couple times. Um, you know, oh, oh. Uh, by that, I mean a lot. Uh, it took me a few viewings to realize that when Reagan turns her head around the first time to her mom, and she goes, do you know what she did? Your cunting daughter? First of all, that's in Burke's voice. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. second of all, it's mocking... Burke's death because the detective says that he was found with his head turned all the way around at the bottom of the stairs. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're so right. So it's kind of like, this is what happened to him. And then she does it again later when it goes all the way around. <laughs> but that one specifically is like referencing Burke's death. Funny. She's got yeah. good jokes. That scene in particular is fucking terrifying. That's the the first scene of like real like demon shit where she's like masturbating with the crucifix. Oh, that's so much. That's so that's no much. Good. That's so much for the, the eyes <laughs> and the soul to witness. And, and the, like the ears, the sound effects. Yeah. Like just the, mm-hmm. it's so, it's so smart. Like the way it's done because unless you're really, I mean, I, I, like hearing a girl's voice saying like, no, I don't, I don't want that. And then a demon voice saying, let Jesus fuck you. It's just yeah, that's insane. really too much. And even when it's <laughs> happening and the, she's saying with the demon voice, let Jesus fuck you. You can see on like, uh, Reagan's face. She has an expression of almost like terror. So it's like, yeah. uh, fun, Ooh. fun. It's a <laughs> really it's so smart, um, like dichotomy of her voice doing one thing, but her face doing another. Yeah. And just like the sound effect of it, like going inside of her Ooh. and then the blood. I know no. it's like, I don't even want to. I, and in the book, I read the book a few years ago. That scene is even more graphic in the book. Like it like oh, is gosh. very like descriptive and it's just like, mm, it's too much. <laughs> I, no, yeah, you. I think she like orgasms. It's like a lot. Well, I'm glad they edited it. And yeah, I, we don't we don't need to be seeing that or hearing that. And I appreciate that, like, in the moments where Reagan's like "fuck me" or "lick me" and stuff, like they don't show. It, it, they don't always show like Linda Blair saying it. Like there is a little, it, so it's not like I don't. I would feel very uncomfortable if I was watching a 14 year old like actress saying on camera like fuck me and like rubbing herself like in those moments it was film shot from behind so it could have been like a stunt double i think that was a stunt I think, double yeah yes. yeah i mean it seems Where like she like also wig. shoves her head into 
shoves Chris's head into her crotch, then smacks her. I'm pretty yeah. sure that was an adult woman. <laughs> yeah, which is but good. Later in the movie, when it's like the demon voice is fully doing it, and there's it's saying things like "stick her cock up her ass, Marion." Like that, Linda Blair had to say that on set though, because they had to you know get the mouth <laughs> movements. That's fun. You know what I mean? That's fun. so. And apparently it was so allegedly, you know, there's a lot of lore about the making of this movie. Like there's mm-hmm. a whole, it's it's as interesting a saga as the actual plot of the movie. And there's, you know, one of the many like pieces of lore is that Max von Sydow, who plays Marin, who's like, you know, an actor in his 40s who's been acting forever, uh, was so shocked by Linda Blair saying those lines that he like forgot his lines the first time they did the take. <laughs> Which That's part amazing. of me, I'm like, I don't know. If you're pro, you can just roll with it. But also, you know, I guess it means it was effective. Yeah, I mean, like she's such a like a very like very cute, very very good acting child. Actor. Yeah, she's good in this. She like, was nominated for an Oscar. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, she's very convincing. She seems very natural. Like in the scenes when she's just like a regular schmegular kid, like. It's very honest um, and very convincing, and it definitely adds to the drama. Yeah, she also is. They they depict her as almost like the perfect child, like the, <laughs> where she's like, "Oh, mom, can I get a pony, please?" It's like I mean, yeah. it's and it's done on purpose, obviously, because they want the contrast to be so shocking and so intense and like it works right because like the the things you see her do as a little girl are like yeah ask for a pony she has like arts and crafts (laughs) she like stole a cookie from the cookie jar Uh in front of her uh mom you know just like wants to talk to her dad but like you know oh my god yeah so then when she's like fuck me it's like oh jesus oh literally literally so scary so scary mm-hmm. when they see things like that also what's so scary is. is like having a kid and like going through the struggles of raising this child um and then you know they come out seeming relatively normal and chill and you get along really well and then like the next day they're completely terrible that sounds so sad i know i've i've read some things that like this movie could be seen as like a metaphor for like puberty or well yeah mm-hmm. for um a child developing any sort of you know mental unwellness whether that's like as something as like acute as like just generalized anxiety or something more you know demanding yeah which i I think is interesting i i kind of like viewing the movie less as a metaphor for something and more as just like the story it is yeah i i take it literally but uh i also did completely I don't, I mean, I probably didn't, but I feel like the second I turned 13 and I understood that I was like going to die one day, like, oh, instant depression, like (laughs) next day. So, I mean, it's, I I could see the metaphor for sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's very, it happens so suddenly. And like, I mean, that's, you know, what it's like. Like, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think it is more laid out clearer in the director's cut, but it does kind of, the demon does just kind of all of a sudden start doing shit. And it's like, oh, you know? Yeah, like I liked the scene in the at the doctor's office where she was like humming and like kind of acting weird and like, okay, well that's strange, but it's not like terrible. And then it like you know the next day it's like okay now this is getting a little terrible. You know, having a little bit of the contrast makes it a little more dramatic. I think. Yeah, because even like the the walking in on her masturbating with the crucifix can be like a more extreme version of like walking in on your kid doing something you know what i mean like which is shocking in his own way i'm sure like when you're a parent seeing something like that would be shocking no matter the context that makes sense but she's like stabbing her puss 
It's real. It's real not good. I mean, I don't want to tell you too much, but that's not how you. It's uh, not how you do it. No, it's it's no good. And then that, in that scene, I love. I, I love is a strong word. She like <laughs> smacks her away, and Chris flies across the room. And when they were filming that, actually, you can see. The actress Ellen Burstyn, like, first of all, she has a really real reaction to the getting thrown across the room. And she, yes. like, goes to grab her lower back. And it's because in real life, they, like, yanked on her harness too hard and, like, actually injured her uh, tailbone. <laughs> so Ooh. that's real. That's a real reaction. <laughs> Wait, when, it's when she gets thrown. Oh, okay. I'll, well, I it's right after um, Lick Me. Lick Me. <laughs> lick Me. <laughs> she, like, shoves her face in her crotch and then smacks her and she flies across the room. Can you imagine? Like, it's not bad enough that your daughter is going through, like some kind of possession, but like, she's also like shoving her torn up vulva into your face. Ugh. Well, you had a bad day. I really hope she got medical attention for that. Oh my God. <laughs> that Wait. just really is frightening to me. Yeah. So is it, is like the, the story here that Marin found this evil spirit when he was in Iraq and like, it kind of followed him. And, like, because there's, like, the... He finds, like, that little beast-looking uh, yeah. piece in, like, a cave. And he se- sees this big statue of this demonic creature that... Um, What's-her-face? Reagan kind of, like, summons at the end. Or you see it at the end. Um, and um, there's, like, a necklace that he had found as well. And that's on uh-huh. Damien. And I don't know how it got on him. Um and then the mother keeps it at the end, which I feel like is supposed to mean something. Tell me what it yeah, means. Yeah, the um, I am not positive. So I, the, in the lore of the movie, uh, it's mentioned that Marin already performed an exorcism in Africa, mm-hmm. and that's why he's contacted about this specific exorcism. Mm-hmm. So that exorcism, and again, this is in the sequel. It is we sh- we see that exorcism, and it is. Uh, clear that it is the same demon in this movie i think it is kind of implied that it's the same demon because um the demon wants marin there yeah. you know like mm-hmm. when they play the tape backwards of uh the de- of reagan speaking it's saying like marin marin <laughs> marin come here marin and when marin arrives the demon like screams his name so like and and then the demon obviously kills him. So <laughs> clearly there's some sort of battle going on here. Mm-hmm. And I like that that's kind of foreshadowed in the opening when he sees the giant statue of the demon. And we see like a shot of them that's framed almost like a standoff. Like they're nice. on opposite ends of the screen, like staring at each other. And they're both like on the same like level, like literally and metaphorically. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I, I do think to a degree this whole thing was a plot by the demon Ooh, to get Marin. I mean, like, plot. among other things, it's, like, also the demon. Th- okay, so a demon's big motivation is always going to be to create chaos and despair and, like, make you believe not believe in God. Mm-hmm. and Or break your faith to a degree. Yeah. Um, which backfires in this movie, but that's fun. So that's, like, motivation number one. Every demon has this. So cute. <laughs> Motivation number two, I think, is this personal thing between Marin and Pazuzu. So it's like, I'm going to create chaos. And mm. if I can also get Marin, that'd be super, like a little freebie, mm, <laughs> like a, a bonus. Tasty. Mm-hmm. That's what I got from that. I love the opening, okay. too, where it's, I always forget it. Like, I don't always forget it, but I, I was like, oh, right. That's part of this movie. You know, it's like <laughs> so removed from everything else happening in the movie um mm-hmm. where we see Marin, who we don't know yet he's at like a dig and he finds this little pazuzu head and even in this opening scene there's just like little just like 
a thread of dread going through it where it's just like something is like off you know mm-hmm. whether it's the sound or like the just the feeling he keeps encountering little things like there's that one scene where he's like walking in an alley and this like cart barrels by with this like spooky looking old lady sitting in it and he's in <laughs> like an not- office of his friends and the the clock stops um which we later see in Karis's vision his dream of his mom that like same clock is yes so just little moments of dread like that and then when he sees the statue the big old statue there's like dogs fighting and like there's just kind of like a an air of something is coming you know (laughs) to a degree like something is like unwell yeah i i like those moments because it happens uh about one or two more times in the movie where it's like this moment of uh, of like ooh imp- impending evil and um there's a uh, like a loud chaotic uh disorienting noise like so like the dogs fighting in that moment when uh Marin is looking at the giant statue like you hear dogs fighting and it gets super loud and kind of uneasy and then uh later when we see uh Damien in New York uh on the subway Hey, he, uh, father. Oh, when he's got a bagel in one hand and a pizza in the other, and the pigeon's on his head taking a dump. Um, uh-huh. uh, but, like, some uh, person is like, hey, you know, I used to be an altar boy. I'm a Catholic. Can you spare me some change or whatever? And. Yeah, he goes, can you help an old altar boy, father? Right, yeah. And Damien looks disgusted, which is. He's rude. like, oh. Which I I think that also ties into, well, first of all, the demon says that same line later when Karis is meeting her for the first time. Um, What? Like, emulates the voice of the guy saying, like, can you help an old Ulta boy, father? (gasps) Oh, I don't Um, remember that. That's cool. Yeah, it's when his back is turned. So you don't see the demon's mouth move. You just, like, hear it. So it's like, is it in his head or what? But um, Interesting. I think that also ties into... Because this is right when D- Damien is like, I am having, like, a crisis of faith. Mm-hmm. He even, like, tells his friend later, he's like, I think I'm losing my faith. And then his mom dies. And, like, there's just, like, a ton of... He's clearly going through a rough time. And I think, first of all, New York in the 70s was rough anyway. <laughs> but Word. I think, like, seeing um, this guy who's, like... He's not exploiting him as a priest by being like, I was an old altar boy. But it's, like, I think it's a little bit, like... Oh, this guy used to be an altar boy and he's fallen so far in a way? I don't know. Mm. It just kind of feels like Catholicism didn't help this guy. So, like, what's the point? I see. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I see that. Um, And they even... There's, like, other things. Like, his mom ends up in, like, a state-run asylum because they couldn't afford a hospital when she, like, had some sort of medical thing happen. And it's, like, very upsetting. And uh, his uncle is, like, you know, if you hadn't gone to the priesthood, you'd be, like a world famous psychologist by now and we can like afford to put her in a real hospital but instead you chose the priesthood yeah which is like you know there's no money in that i guess i don't know i don't know how well priests do fucked up i guess they're not supposed to do well i guess that's the whole thing like the vow of poverty (laughs) um yeah (laughs) how dare you try to take care of your unless you're the pope and then you get gold (laughs) oh my god i will say i did appreciate when um Damien visited his mother in New York and she, and he was like eating at the table and there was a plate of a fucking brick of feta cheese. Oh my God. I, I think that's what it was. And I was... Put it directly in my arteries, honestly. Just... Right, I think they're Greek, right? Yeah. So I, I, upon first Greek. viewing, I was like, seem Italian to me. And then I watched it with the subtitles and I was like, <laughs> oh, Karis, she's speaking Greek. <laughs> They agree. Yeah, and I think they found the actress who's doing the, 
who plays his mom like in a Greek restaurant. They just like she wasn't like a professional actress. That. They just like liked the look of her. I want she's good. Though. I want her to fucking serve me rolled grape leaves and feta cheese and just oh give me a um, me girl. Oh my god, what's it called? Uh, a hero. Euro, Euro, sweetie. Euro. Euro. I'm very <laughs> wasp over here. It's all right. So. I'll show you. Um, but yeah, she's really good in the scene in the asylum when she's like laying there and she's oh, all strapped up yeah. and she's like rejecting Damien. She's like got a tear going. Oh, it's and so then later much. Yeah. when the demon is tied up, it kind of mirrors the straps that his mom is in, like the like wrist restraints. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. So that's no good. And then he sees a vision of her like sitting on the bed when he's like talking <gasps> to the demon. So right, 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 right. And even the demon uses that against him, and she's like, "Why do you do this to me, Demi?" Yeah, you're that's not my mother. Rude. Really rude, to be honest. So rude, but right, because that's the one thing that makes Damien break and like freak out. <sighs> but also, aren't you kind of tempted to yell, "You're not my mother" to complete strangers? Sometimes <laughs> you're not my real mom. <laughs> you're not my mother. <laughs> Whenever a customer's like, you gotta do this for me, I'll be like, you're not my mom, I have to do anything for you. Stop it, you're a demon. No. Mm. Well, that's true, I do deal with demons at work sometimes. Oh! <laughs> what I thought was also cool... Oh, they're here. Oh, God. Oh, God, they're coming Sorry. for you. <laughs> they didn't like that. <laughs> okay, so what was also scary to this movie is not just the storyline of a demon possessing a young girl's body, but... Right, which is scary. Which is scary, <laughs> I will say. I'm going to say it. Um, but what is even scarier for me is just the view, is the complete, um, cre- I'm, a, I'm just going to say creepiness, cold, sure. sterile nature of the medical world, and that includes uh, yes. mental health. Uh. Like, the fact that it was, like, it was so, um, obviously, anti, they were, like, anti-psychiatrist at first. Um, they were, and, like, seeing all these physical... Right, she's like, we don't want to get a shrink. Oh, And they're God. like, no, 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 don't go to a psychologist, no. Right, they're literally telling her, like, hey, she has a neurological situation going on that's, like, making her act this way. Uh, but don't get a psychiatrist. Like, don't get a doctor that studies right. the brain. <laughs> you Like, okay. Yeah, this is right when they were, like, pills. Like, it was, like, really... I mean, oh like, you gosh, know, yeah. medication is important, obviously, but I there clearly is, like, a, a, a viewpoint in this movie of, like, well, we'll just give her some Ritalin and who knows? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not really, like... There's not as much forethought as you would like to imagine there would be when you're prescribing something to a child in this movie. Yeah, and when it's, like, really getting bad... Um, and Chris is talking to the doctors and Chris says, I will, you know, I'm not going to put her in, a, in an asylum. Like, absolutely not. And like the depiction of the psychiatric ward where uh, Damien's mother was is also just really, you know, sort of depressing and like just right wild. Well, that's and especially because it's like a state run one, which also just is kind of like a little bit like. And they even say as much like we could have put her in like a nice private one. Oh, right, right, like right. Where right. The pores go, which is like it's like a mentality that goes back to like medieval times <laughs> like you know you're just gonna end up here because what you deserve because you didn't make money and you didn't you know toil away whatever you weren't um, a ceo so you must die exactly right yeah if you're you know if you're rich and powerful you can survive covid it's no issue don't worry about it but you know, everybody else who didn't survive it because they don't have enough money or proper resources uh they're weak yeah um, obviously you shouldn't be alive this is a lie we're both very mm-hmm. broke. True. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, the whole, the medical scenes in this are very distressing. I actually find the scene where she's getting that, like, 
it's called a carotid angiogram. That first scene where they like put something in her throat and there's like blood squirting out, like artery in. It's like yeah, it's It's that I find is the most upsetting part of the movie. And you know, there are all those legends of when the movie came out, people like fainting in the theater and like throwing up and. It kind of has gotten lost over time that actually what was causing that was this medical stuff. I mean, like, yeah. to a degree, yes, it was also just the generalized fear brought on. And, like, the dread the movie brings up to that point when you're seeing this stuff is going to make it even more upsetting. But it is, like, the visceral, real depiction of that that's really just, like, bleh. And, like, even <sighs> seeing it a million times, I still, like, have to look away. <laughs> yeah. And, like, her, the way it's, like, uh, that way that it's shot, the way that she acts it, Linda Blair, uh, the sound effects, you know, it's just very... Like, you feel it. Like, oh, I felt it. I felt it every time. Yeah. So do you know what that... Um, I did a little research on what that actual procedure is. Do you want to hear about it? Uh, sure, sure. They talk about spinal sure. uh, something at some point. I wasn't sure. Right. Was like I think we don't tap. see... I don't think we see the spinal tap. I no, think that's yeah. something that we don't see because... Uh, let me see. Ba, 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 ba. And spinal tap is supposed to be so fucking painful. Like... Yeah, to, even oh. to this day, I think that's supposed to be one of those like things that's just like, it, they're not even going to lie to you. They're like, yeah, it's going to hurt. Oh, um, so rough. Okay, yeah, it's a carotid angiogram, and it's no longer done this way. I think they go through a different part of the body now that's like less invasive and less risky. Oh, my God. Um, but what it is, is they would drain cerebrospinal fluid <laughs> um, from, so they were draining it from the arterial section, I believe. I'm talking like I know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm reading. Um and they would drain a small amount of the fluid around the brain and replace it with either air, oxygen, or helium so that when you do an x-ray, the structure of the brain shows up clearer. Does that make sense? What? No. That- kind of like when they like put dye in your vein so that they can see it easier on like a uh, 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 like a scan of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like... It's just really... Should you be pumping Ew. oxygen into, into things? Yeah, and like I believe in science, but at some point I'm like, yeah. do we need to be looking at that? <laughs> also, it's like you just we just leave it. There, it's bad. There's so much money. I just wish medical procedures were less horrifying. Like, I'm sorry, dentistry is still very scary and intimidating. We need to figure out a different way to do this. Yeah, well, a, I mean, a it's um, well because innovation and you know um, moving things forward uh, leads to a reduction of profit so. oh right <laughs> we don't live in a land of uh, abundance and love and respect we live in a fucking capitalist nation <laughs> that did not sound like the demon <laughs> okay who was the voice of the demon what if the real demon was in the white house you know oh, my... <laughs> hashtag resistance oh, hashtag God. cheeto you're um anyway such a rebel <laughs> linda take off the hat um so uh the voice of the demon yes okay <laughs> get back on track um She's an actress. She actually has an Oscar, not for this, for a movie from the 40s. It's supposed to, who, uh, her, sorry. her name is Mercedes McCambridge. Oh. Uh, and she, like, had a... See, I've seen her in movies in, like, the 40s and 50s. She's in a movie called Giant with James Dean from the 50s. So it's like, she was an actress. She wasn't just, like, a voice actress. That sounds reductive, but you know what I mean? Like, she was somebody that people right. knew. Um, Mercedes what? What's her name? McCambridge. McCambridge. Oh, word. Mercedes... A word. And yeah, the the recording process for this was kind of infamous. Like she would like drink raw eggs and she was like a recovering alcoholic, but she like with very careful, um, you know, uh, monitoring, like did drink some whiskey because she knew it would like fuck up her voice and like make her more uninhibited, ah! which is like, Jesus Christ. And she like tied herself up with like 
ripped up bedsheet when she was like trying to like get free the restraints just to recon like it's a really method voice performance which you don't really hear about a lot at least in the uh, in a popular sense um, i fucking love that yeah and part of the other reason that she's like known for this is because when the movie was first made she was uncredited um she was still paid obviously but she wasn't like in the credits and it was like there's a lot of, you know, the director has said that it's because she didn't want to be credited because she wanted the audience to, like, believe that this is, like, you know, or a th- to make it more believable. But also it was common back then for, like, people who do dubs to not get credit. Right. Yeah, like, in all those musicals in the 60s where, like, nobody was actually singing. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, when the movie came out, she's like, actually, I do want credit. Or, like, she sued for proper credit. I don't know, something. But she's on, she's credited now, obviously, and, like, obviously well-known, and she's... Yeah, essential to the movie working, you know. Oh my gosh! Because um, there's, yeah. there's a, like a there's clips out there. There's one on YouTube that's like Linda Blair because she had to say all the lines obviously to get the dub. So she's like, there's audio out there of her of Linda Blair saying the lines, and it's creepy in a sense that's like these words are coming out of like a little girl, like you know she just sounds like this, but it's also not as effective i'll say and i i don't know if that's just because like the performance so and otherwise i think she's pretty good in this movie it's just not the same like it really is essential that the demon sound like <laughs> sounds sounds like it does yeah i love the choice that it's like kind of this like cigarette cr- like crunchy grungy voice like i'm glad that i i i would think just I guess I've seen in other forms of media, like a voice of the devil would be like a man voice, like, like oh, sexy. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to rip your dick off. And so I do like the choice that it was this, you could still tell it was like still a feminine voice. It's still like, Correct. was jarring that it was coming out of Reagan's body, but it also wasn't so ridiculous that it took you out of the story. You know what I mean? Right. It's yeah, it's, it's pretty phenomenal voice acting. Honestly, yes. I'm looking at it this now. Um, she, uh, Oscar, uh, Orson Welles called Mercedes McCambridge the world's greatest living radio actress. So, I mean, she, well, there you she go. does it. I would love to see, is yeah. there like video of her recording process? Like what you mentioned, like her I doing all I don't think so. I'll take a look, but I, I've never seen... I feel like I would have seen by now, like, a photo of her, like, all tied up or something, yeah. or, like, in the studio. Well, maybe you're not um, looking in the right place. Oh, oh I'll look a little... Yeah, the dark web. It's only for pictures of <laughs> behind-the-scenes stuff they don't want you to see. Um, but I'll take a look. I don't think so, though, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, another element of the difficulty is, like, Linda Blair, I'm, I'm pretty sure, said the lines on set first, and then Mercedes McCambridge had to, like, match her mouth movements. So, okay. like, that mm-hmm. does limit your the choices you can make to a degree because you you're like the speed of the words is already chosen for you. So you have to like match that and still do like a specific performance. Yeah. Which sounds tricky. It does. And you gotta sync it up. It's a whole thing. So I've always wondered, there's a scene earlier in the movie before the demon is fully, fully in the house (laughs) where we see Reagan playing with a Ouija board, which in a movie, if a Ouija board is brought out, it's literally never a good thing, you know, like ever. And the planchette, like, moves away from uh, Chris, and she's like, oh, you really don't want me to play. <laughs> um, which I'll talk about in a second. There's a lot of, like, there. Chris clearly is, like, fully in denial of anything, like, um, outside of the physical world. You know, mm-hmm. like, everything has an explanation. Everything is rational. I mean, because she doesn't know she's in a horror movie, obviously, so. Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah. But then Reagan's like, oh, it wasn't me. It's Captain Howdy. 
which I've always been like, what the fuck is Captain Howdy? Like, it's the it's the name she gave to this thing that's communicating with her through the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of time spent on it. Um, but then I was doing some research, and uh, so this is an IMDb trivia credit, sure. so you know, take it with a grain of salt, but I think it makes sense. So Captain Howdy is a play on Howard, Reagan's father's names. Name. <laughs> One name. <laughs> uh, there's like a shot of a tabloid magazine that says something about like, Howard walks out on Chris. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So this must be some sort of like substitute father figure to a degree, you know, um, like like kind of like a subconscious thing, if that makes sense. Ooh, okay. Because it's in the yeah. book too, and it's not explained either in the book. I don't, if I remember correctly, I read the book a while ago, but very interesting. Yeah. Do you think the Ouija board is meant to be uh, like it was a uh, vehicle for the the demon, or you think it's just like that's what hey. I that's what I thought. When I, like, the first few times I saw the movie, I used to think this is, like, what brought the demon in. But I don't think that's the case. I think it's just kind of, like, a red herring to a degree. And, like, yes, the demon is using it because we see the planchette, like, move. It's not just, like, a a nothing. But I don't think that's, like, what invited. Although, mm, maybe. Like, I mean, we don't know why it chose this house. So maybe, like... You know, he was, like, making his way around the world, and all of a sudden saw this portal through this Ouija board and was like, all right. This looks comfy. <laughs> don't mind if I do. I'll take a little rest stop. Honestly, it's a nice house, so. I know. Don't mind if I, you know, enter. It's not even, like, her regular smuggler house. Like, this is just for, like, no. the gig. I'm like, girl, this is a fully furnished, like, there's art, there's, like, knickknacks. It's insane. Yeah, like, when they leave, they have to, like, move out. It's not like she's, like, just, like, in somebody else's house. She's not sleeping over. I do also appreciate in the beginning when we're me- meeting the characters, um, Chris McNeil's, like, not a terror to the people she's employed. I mean, totally. she could be, maybe, you know, maybe say thank you more, but, like, she's relatively respectful, like, you know what I mean? So right, I, it's not like, butler, Yeah, bring me my sausage. Yeah, she's, I, I, I guess, like, I think, just because, like, I guess... You think of mommy dearest, like, it's like, oh, this is nice. She's like nice to her right. kids. She's nice to her employees. Um, and what's her face? What's her face? Sharon? Yeah. No. Uh, the actress <laughs> who plays the mom. Uh, uh, oh, Ellen Burstyn. Uh, Ellen Burstyn. Ellen Burstyn. Yeah. She just, everything, if she's not happy, like she, she has two moods. She's either like content and calm or she is stressed and it makes stressed. me stressed. Um, she plays stress so well and she always yeah. she's i've seen her in a few things she's always been good at this she's good at this in like requiem for a dream i mean that's oh. beyond stress obviously that's like oh my god that's a lot of shit but like it's oh so my much. god and yeah it's like and, and like when she's on the phone screaming at the operator it's like oh my god <laughs> i could just i could feel it i could feel it in my back yeah and there's like scenes where like uh where the detective comes after burke is dead and starts talking about like kind of insinuating that like maybe he was pushed out the window and like Reagan or uh, uh, Chris at this point obviously knows that Reagan has some shit going on. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like she starts to, you can see it happen like behind her eyes whenever she's like not facing the detective, her being like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Maybe my daughter did this. And like, it helps to have the character be an actress because you believe that she'd be able to like hide her true feelings. Well, mm-hmm. because she's it's part of her job. So like, you know, when she's facing away, she looks really stressed. And then when she like is saying goodbye to the detective, you can tell that she's like, okay, he's almost gone. I can, like, almost let this, like, mask slip. And she's, like, slowly just, like, yes, goodbye, goodbye. And then, like, when the door closes, she's, like, drained. Oh, girl. Yeah, she's really good in this movie. I think she's... Because um, it would have been so easy to play her as, like, 
like I said, like, bring that upstairs, blah, 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 you know, because mm-hmm. and then it would be, you know, you'd have no a sympathy and B, it would be a little bit like, well, if you weren't so mean to those below you, maybe you wouldn't got a demon <laughs> in your daughter, which <laughs> is like it. not at all what the movie should be going for. <laughs> like they're they're painted as pretty not innocent, but definitely not, you know, they weren't. They didn't have it coming. You know, I hate that phrase, but you know what I mean? You certainly don't want it to happen to them. Yeah. Um, but, and like I mentioned, the character of Chris is clearly so, like, reluctant to, like, believe in anything that isn't right there in the physical world. Like, she says she's not religious, and she, like, yeah. um, there's that scene in the attic where she, like, hears mice scurrying around for, like, the third time, and she's been told by the butler that, like, there's no mice up there. I said traps, nothing. And... So she finally goes out there with a candle, and the candle, like, she's poking around, and the candle, like, bursts, like, this humongous, like, <laughs> pillar of fire. Yeah. It's very scary. And then she's, like, the butler, it's right as the butler, like, pops his head up, and he's, like, see, I told you no mice. And she's just, like, oh, he scared me. She's, <laughs> so, like, like, don't do that the again. candle. Yeah, right. right. It's know. not him. He didn't do anything. He's just updating you. But, like, we've all had moments like that where, like, something kind of, like, Hmm, happens and we right away just like write it off with our brain goes into like rational processing of like what it could be oh my god yeah what it what it really is right well i love um like early in the movie early in the uh, drama uh linda blair says you know i can i couldn't fall asleep my bed was shaking and the next time they're at yeah. the doctor uh chris is like yeah can you can you get her to stop lying <laughs> she was lying about her bed shaking. right exactly <laughs> like, exactly what? uh you know Maybe she's not lying. Mm. Right. And then she like sees the bed moving another time and she like hops on the bed with her and the doctors are like, it's not her bed moving. She probably was having a seizure or something. And she's like, I got on the bed. It was moving, but she still isn't that distressed about it, you know? Right. And she, she turns to the exorcism after several failed and, you know, non-conclusive medical tests and like a hypnotist. That moment doesn't go well. They pose the idea of an exorcism to her not because they as doctors believe in demons which like you know Mm -hmm. you're a doctor uh but they kind of point to it as like there is a psychological phenomenon of people who like believe they are possessed and the only way to get it out of them is to act as if they are possessed and do you know like a, a spiritual cleansing like an exorcism and even then chris is like I don't know. And she goes to meet the priest after she gets, like, smacked across the face by Reagan and whatever. And she's like, uh, so, uh, it just so happens that somebody I know may actually be possessed. And she's clearly, like, a little, like, (laughs) embarrassed or, like, like, can't believe what she's saying. And it would have been so easy for the movie to, like, I, it's, it's, I've seen some people say that this movie is, like, maybe a little bit, like, conservative in the way it, like, paints religion as saving the day and, like, she's, like, a a single mom and, like, her life just has, like, no foundation. But it it would have been so easy for the movie to end with her, like, falling to her knees in prayer or something, you know? Like, Mm, it doesn't mm -hmm. end with them, like, entering – like, the last shot of the movie is them, like, going to church. (laughs) So I I think it's really more about the reality of evil as a – like a, a presence rather than like go to church pray to jesus which if you want it to be it can be that like the movie isn't yeah, also sure. like shitting on religion right but it's yeah i agree i like that it doesn't end in like she's like oh thank god literally <laughs> literally <laughs> thank god for that crucifix <laughs> pointing to the ceiling like hey <laughs> also- well yeah because even after they like it is pretty clear that something most likely supernatural is going on. She finds a cross under Reagan's pillow and she's like, who the fuck put this here? We don't know. 
We don't know. I assumed it was like Reagan in a moment of lucidity put it there. But I don't know. Poor girl. What do you yeah. think about um, the fact... Oh, well, also, talking about denial, I mean, like, bitch, this girl's face looks like shit. She looks like yeah. shit. She looks like she's decomposing. And, I, and they're like, I don't know what's wrong. And, like, she's, yeah. I mean, she's a little Her crazy. Her eyes are a different color. Her eyes are a different color. <laughs> yeah, I like that there's a scene, like, a transitional scene where you see Reagan where she's not full demon yet, but she, like, right. is getting some tests done. She has, like, scratches on her face and her, like, lips are chat, but she still looks like a child. <laughs> she doesn't look like a monster. Right. Um, her hair isn't the, like, fright wig it is later. Um, also on the subject of like denial and stuff, I, I was reading more up on the movie and apparently I never noticed this, but Chris is wearing a like charm bracelet with a horseshoe on it, like a little good luck thing. And apparently that was Ellen Burstyn's choice because she wanted it to be clear that this character is like so (laughs) ill-equipped to deal with a demon, you know, like her, like her version of spirituality is like, I got a little horseshoe for good luck, you know, um, (laughs) So innocent. In that, like, actory, woo-woo way, kind of. Um, I love. I think that's a, a smart choice. Good for you, Ellen. Good for you, Ellen. You should continue acting. <laughs> she's, she's still acting, which is crazy. She's, like, in her late 80s, I believe, and she has a movie <laughs> coming out this year. So she's, like, Go to bed. Know, she clearly is in the business for the love of, like, acting. She's not, you know. Right, exactly. But I would be, like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> I got an Oscar. I'm wealthy. Bye. So I, the movie begins and ends, and this may be just the director's cut, but when the title appears on the screen, you hear part of a Muslim prayer behind it, the Allahu uh, Akbar, which translates literally to, I mean, among other things, but, like, one of the translations is God is most great. So it kind of seems to be, like, foreshadowing, like, a um, this is a tale of stress and duress and horror but it also is a tale of like faith and um faith in the literal sense not just in the religious sense in the idea in the sense of like if you hold to something you gotta hold, you gotta have some things that you believe in truly in this life whether that's like religion or like the goodness of somebody that you trust does that make sense um as once bequeathed by george michael you gotta have faith. you got at the very least yeah gotta have it yeah and the movie also ends with that like a shot of the boarded up window and this is this is definitely just the director's cut but it ends with a shot of the boarded up window and you see the detective and father dyer walking away and you hear the uh same uh call to prayer and it's like bookends you know it's like um we did it (laughs) and i like that oh um and something else about the uh pazuzu so pazuzu is a real ancient mesopotamian god love it yeah he's the king of demons of the wind i believe just um, just the wind and even though just just the wind even though he is a figure of malice and in the world of uh when he was uh you know uh worshipped or whatever he still was used by pregnant women like he would people like pregnant women would wear a like amulet of him to ward off his rival god or demon who was um he would who would the, the the rival would cause harm during childbirth so even though they like it, it, he is a demon he was still used to ward off other demons if that makes sense mm-hmm. and earlier in the movie when Marin is in iraq and he like goes to meet that like professor friend of his or whatever um he shows him something i think it's the pazuzu like head that he found and the professor says evil against evil mm-hmm. and like that's kind of what it is because it was you know he's an evil figure but he was also used to ward off other evil 
Yeah. Which I don't really, I can't really twist that into tying into the movie itself. But uh, I just think that's interesting. Yeah, it's hard because, uh, you know, we have modern knowledge of the um, the unfortunate evil that can take place in, like, the Catholic Church. So watching it from right, a modern... Right, but the movie is definitely not really doing that at all. Right, right, right. So it is, it is interesting to look at it now and have that uh, information. But for the time, um, you know, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of how that theme could have I carried know, to the plot. Oh, your voice crack. Uh, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> Just puberty. Maybe it's a demon. Please, no, I'm scared. Oh, um, speaking of Catholic, um, that scene where that other priest is like walking into the church and he sees the like absolutely oh. desecrated Mary statue. It's so like, oh God, it's just like, you know, I'm not Catholic, but it's the image of Mary is like something of power <laughs> and yeah. seeing it like so just like, it'd be, especially because part of, you know, I don't know if you knew this, she famously was a virgin. <laughs> mm. uh, seeing the way she's desecrated where it's like fake black breasts and something coming out of like her crotch area is like extra like oh god like it's really just like taking the thing that she's most known for like her like chastity and like just turning it in the opposite direction i mean it's kind of it's kind of cool it's pretty fucking metal (laughs) i mean it's like just very distressing yeah because it's like Um, she's like blood in her hands and it's not even like it's like it's like crazy looking breasts it's like they're like squared off at the end yeah yeah, and well also this time i noticed they because I paused it because I wanted to just like get a look at what it because the movie cuts away from it so quickly, mm-hmm. which is, I think, to the point. It's supposed to be just like, oh, God, and then like it's gone. But I paused it because I, you know, can. And I was looking at it and the breasts that are like attacked to the statue kind of look like paper mache. And part of me was like, did Raken do this? Because she's playing with paper mache earlier in the movie when she like makes that like bird thing to show to her mom. Do you remember? Oh, uh not really but i mean i believe you yeah she's like she's doing like arts and crafts she's like that basement play area and the movie does something similar when um the detective goes to investigate where burke fell and he finds that like piece of like arts and crafts like clay in the grass uh, like implying that like burke was holding onto it when he fell out the window Uh, and we also mm -hmm. see the detective notice that like reagan has made little like clay animals so I don't know if Reagan literally was, like, hopping out of a room, going to the church, like, desecrating the statue and going back to bed. I think it maybe was, like, something to do with the demon taking something that Reagan is known for and, like, using it to desecrate the statue. Because it's never explained or elaborated on. And I don't know if it's meant to be just a further evidence of, like, the times they're living in. Like, the you know, it's, like, a, a godless time mm-hmm. to a degree. And there's, like, mistrust of religion, like, on the main scale for the first time, like, in the mainstream in modern history, really. I mean, like, there was times like that in the 20s and 30s, but not to the degree that there was in the late 60s, early 70s. So it's kind of unexplained, but I, I just think it's definitely also adding to, like, the building terror of the film. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, again, like, Regardless of your religion, the viewer, you can tell that that's not good. That's like not a good sign. Right. It's just rude, <laughs> if nothing else. Honestly, you know? rude. Oh, this is totally just not anything. There's a woman at the party they that uh, Chris throws where um, Reagan comes down and party fouls oh all over God. the carpet. I love it. And um, there's a woman who's like sitting on the couch next to Father Dyer when Dyer's talking to Chris about 
uh, Karis, who, like, just lost his mom. And she's, like, <laughs> she's an icon. She's just this random extra who gets no lines. She gets, like, one line later. She, like, has this, like, big black hair. And she has, like, pale makeup with, like, smoky eyes and, like, a red lip. She's wearing this, like, swathy, clothy outfit. I'll put a picture of it on the Instagram. She's yes, she's a queen. She's an icon. I don't know who she is, but I love her. She just caught my eye this time. And I've seen this movie a lot. I've seen this movie a lot, so I, like, look to the edges a little more, if that makes sense. Like, I kind of, like take in more rather than like what the movie's fo- explicitly focusing on sure for sure and that was one of the one of the things i got i love i love a good yeah, uh extra it. moment yeah oh she was extra honey oh, oh. Yeah, was it was it, it it implied that damien was like an extra on the movie that chris was working on i was a little confused by i that. think she he was just like chilling watching the film shoot because, uh, oh, like, okay. Georgetown is a Jesuit university, so I th- assume he was on the campus at some point. Like, that was his, his job. Uh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. This all makes sense. And speaking of, the guy who plays Father Dyer is an actual priest. Really? Yeah, which I think is kind of crazy. It's like, I don't know. It's not Again, it's not like this movie is, like, anti-religion explicitly and the devil loses in the end so that's good but it is also just like whoa you know like it's not like church groups are going to see the movie oh my god i would love that though unless they are they're right, like, it's not like the passion of the christ where they're like bus trips oh my god my grandma although that movie is more distressing than this one <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm sure i'm sure i haven't seen it my grandma has a bootleg of it but we haven't watched it a bootleg. <laughs> she had gotten uh, a bootleg of it <laughs> way back that- when <laughs> literally breaking a commandment to watch the movie about jesus <laughs> she's like i like that's enough deal unless it's know. this mel gibson movie that's so funny oh man um i um so uh we learn you know uh, a big obviously a big theme that we're talking about throughout the movie is that damien is questioning his faith he's like i don't know how i feel about all this um and the movie his like showdown with the devil inside of reagan ends with him punching me punching reagan because yep. the um because marin is, has died from you know being alive yeah <laughs> yes that was that's his cause true. of death <laughs> being i mean and honestly that's the cause of all our death if you know what i mean oh cause of death living also like I'm sure he died in a somewhat peaceful way. Like, it didn't look like it. Considering what could have happened, he's in the, in the presence right. of a well, demon. But also, we don't see it happen, so it could be, like, the worst thing we imagine. Like, who knows? But it's true. I don't right. know. But it's not like his, his, his like, his, his name, like, his guts splayed out all over the floor or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Physically, he seems okay. <laughs> but mm-hmm. maybe his soul went somewhere else. Um, Physically, he's okay, besides the fact that he is dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that looks okay. Um, but, uh, so Damien's, like mad and so he tells reagan the demon he's like you know take me instead and the demon obliges which is very nice he's like all right no oh yeah. you, oh you want you want me and uh we instantly see the change like damien looks like shit his eyes are glowing and he luckily has enough awareness to be like no and just jumps out the window um so, but I feel like in order to believe in the devil, believe in in the devil, truly, like, you need to, you do need to have some sort of faith. So it's like, maybe he did find his faith after all. Yeah, I mean, I think that's also, but in the director's cut, they added a flash when Damien, Damien, when Karis looks out the window when the demon has, like, just come into him and there's a flash of his mom's face over the window. Yeah. So oh it's my. almost like a, like you're making the right choice you know blah 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 like your mom is watching you mom approves i don't know yeah mama mama thumbs up 
Um, kid <laughs> priest tested, mom approved, jumping out windows. She's like, I've always dreamed that my son would be possessed by a demon and throw himself out a window. That's yeah. how I want him to die. It also that mirrors. There's a story in the Bible about like a bunch of demons that like are bothering <laughs> this guy, <laughs> and Jesus saves the day by making the demons go into some pigs, and then the, he has the pigs like drowned. So it's I don't a like similar, that. like, yeah, it's a lot, but it's a similar, like, a way to expel a demon is by, like, destroying its host, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, they're not going to kill this little girl. Why well, gotta which, be Which, obviously, the demon is trying to do that anyway, because, like, they go to, like, check on her medically later, and her heart is, like, racing, and the demon's, like, fucking up her body, so, like, clearly he's trying to, like, run her ragged until she dies, and then, like, therefore he has won. And, like, yeah. presumably she will then go to hell, unfortunately, which sucks. Um, and earlier in the movie, the demon's like, keep away, the sow is mine, which is another Ooh. pig reference. Oh. So it's, right? I think a sow is a pig. I, I think so. Let's see. I have never been on a farm in my life. Um, is this a sow? Is this a pig? You're just going up to, like, random objects on a farm. Is this a pig I see before me? Yeah. Is this, it, it's a bucket. Uh, is this a pig? A female pig is... Oh, this is interesting. A female pig is called a gilt if she hasn't had piglets and a sow if she has. That's so weird. Uh, what was the first one? A giblet? What'd you say? <laughs> gilt. G-I-L-T. Gilt. Interesting. Pronounced like guilty. Interesting. Yeah. Um, mm. If she hasn't any pigs and a sow she has. So a sow is like mother. Like mommy. Oh. Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thumbs down from Kira. <laughs> oh, do you know about the actual murder th- murderer that's in this movie? Okay, isn't one of the radiala? Yes, it's the guy when they're like setting up the first distressing uh, test. He has like a brown beard. <gasps> he has like, like one line where he, he's like, "Okay, Reagan." He's like all the bracelets on, right? Maybe I didn't notice. He does, bracelets, he does. but possibly. Because I was like, he "Why does, he does. he's about to perform? He, he's assisting in surgery. Why does he have all this jewelry on?" Okay, sorry. Yeah, go we, on. we didn't know anything back then, but we thought we did. Um, yeah, he in real life was an actual like radiologist or something, and I guess William Friedkin like saw him at an actual medical office and was like, "Hey, you want to be in a movie?" Which I guess they were doing a lot of in this movie <laughs> between yeah, Karis's mom and his name is Paul Bateson or Battison. He yeah was a radiologist. Uh, radiologist. He was, <laughs> he was a radiological technologist. Wow. Um, okay. So this is from Wikipedia, my favorite, you know, scholarly source. Uh, in 1979, which is a few years after this movie, Bateson was convicted of the murder of film industry journalist Addison Verrill and sentenced to a minimum of 20 years in prison. In 2003, he was released on parole, which ended after five years. Prior to Bateson's trial, police and prosecutors implicated him... Uh, in a series of unsolved slayings of gay men in Manhattan. Killings he had reportedly boasted about while in jail, bringing it up as sentencing. So he would, like, get guys at gay bars, take them home, have sex with them, and then chop them up. Um, but the problem is they only could pin the one murder on him, so he wasn't able to, like, be... Those those, those crimes are technically still unsolved. Um, of the various... They would find, like, bags of bodies around New York. Um, <gasps> well... And actually, yeah, uh, true. Um, but he was like confessing to it or like bragging about it or something. And like, but you know, people people do that. What, what's um, what's that about? Is that an internalized homophobia really... or something? No, I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, like, there's a there's a legacy of uh, people confessing to murders that they didn't actually do or like bragging about it. 
Maybe True. because they're like, well, I'm already infamous. Might as well become like actually famous infamous rather than just like, you know, a criminal. Um, but I mean, yeah. who knows? You know, when it's I think it's part of like a pathological mindset to a degree. You know what he should yeah. get is a motherfucking psychiatrist like mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, and nobody really knows where he is right now um, because he like his parole ended. So he's just kind of like out there. But uh, according to Wikipedia, again, it says um, it's not known if he's still alive or not or if he is where he's living. William Friedkin, who I guess didn't stay in touch with him exactly, but he did visit him in jail. Um, William Friedkin's the director of this movie. Mm -hmm. Said that he had heard in 2018 that he was living somewhere in upstate New York. And then it says a a social security record shows that a Paul F. Bateson... With the same birth date and a social security number issued in Pennsylvania, which is where he was born, died in September of 2012. So most likely he's dead, but he might just be like chilling somewhere. Or he's listening um, right now. Hey, buddy. Oh my God. Hi. We're scared of you. Um, but the uh, the movie uh, Cruising, which William Friedkin made in the early 80s, uh, is based on those murders. So Ooh, uh, interesting. I guess he had some sort of it like out of it. It's not like he felt guilty. It's not like he had anything to do with it. But I guess he like felt probably compelled by this actual murderer that he came in literal contact with and then made a movie about it. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, so that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would say so. Oh, It's just like one more thing that this movie has going for it. It's just like, Jesus. Wow. Like, woof. Right. It's like, it's not spooky enough that, uh, you know, the context, the, the story, I mean. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I, I'm just going through my notes. I remember we were talking yeah. about earlier how they are like just throwing throwing Ritalin at her from across the room into her mouth. Yes. Um, and what they, and they're even like, we don't know what it is. What? They're even like, we don't know what it does. I know. They're like, we don't know why it works. But, but what I found was interesting um, <laughs> was that like when they were at first describing like what they think was wrong with her, they were like, oh, it's a disorder of the nerves. There's hyperactivity. Um, there's her temper. And I guess she's like shitty at math. <laughs> I was like, oh, this game. <laughs> <laughs> and they're it. like, oh my gosh, absolutely needs Ritalin. And I'm watching it like, interesting. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. What do you think of, and this is only the director's cut, although it's pretty famous, the like spider walk sequence? Oh, where she goes down the staircase and there's yeah. blood coming out of her? I mean, like, it is extreme. I would say it's almost laughable, yeah. but also like, I, I think love it. Yeah, I like it for on like a visual sense, but like where it is in the story, I think it's a little too much. Right. At least the the blood pouring out of her mouth is like just a step too far. I think just like <laughs> spider walking down the stairs and being like, mom, it would have been enough. But like mom, the blood leaking the- out of her mouth is Pop-tart. like... <laughs> mom are we out of pizza rolls um i i think it's a little too much and freaking apparently like agreed i think he thought it was too much too early in the movie but then they put it back in in the re-release because they also could then digitally erase the wires that were needed to get her to like you know do the thing <laughs> uh that's true yeah i'm glad well i'm glad uh, like you were saying it's not like with star wars where they're like let's just replace whole fucking characters um you know they just use the cgi to like fine tune right. what they yeah. already had which is good i love good practical shit um i loved seeing uh like a really quick video of them like you know using strings and shit to like move the furniture around that like was going towards yep. chris which is such a cool crazy moment um it's so ooky spooky you know i know where that dresser like skirts near her it's mm-hmm. it's a lot you can't do anything um, about it lady you just can't uh well that's another thing about the like making of this movie is that like william freak and the director also became infamous for like terrorizing his cast oh, <laughs> like no. he famously like fired a gun like a blank gun on set to like get jason miller who played karis to jump 
And Jason Miller was like, I'm an actor. You don't have to do that. God, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Which is like, yeah. Or just like bang and like two he had the, uh, like, exactly. Some, or just like pretend you're an actor. It drives me <laughs> fucking nuts. There are all these directors in the 70s who are known for doing this kind of shit. And it's just like, it's it reads as you don't trust your uh, employees to a degree. You know what I mean? It's like micromanaging yeah. almost. It's all that lead in the air. They just, everyone was reckless. They weren't thinking about something. Uh, yeah. All, that's why they were all the serial killers. Yep. Yeah. Um, was that from the paint or from gas? Like, where was Both, baby. From? Both. It was, so it was in the oh, air and much. in your home. You couldn't escape it. You couldn't escape it. Open a window, doesn't help. <laughs> Open a window, just jump. Breathe it in. Um, yes. Yeah. He also would, like, he had, like, Linda Blair and Ellen Burstyn, like, tied up to rigs and then, like, would yank the ropes too hard. I mean, he didn't do, personally do this. But, like, that's why Ellen Burstyn hurt her back. And, like, the first scene where Linda Blair is being, like, is... Uh, the scene where she's like whip whipping around on the bed like vertical horizontal. You know what I'm talking about? Whipping around on the bed vertical. She's like going. She's like she's like going up and down. Like her like body is like going up and down. Oh yeah, and she's like um hello. How is this happening to me? Yeah, she's like freaking out. And apparently, like it actually something in the rig broke and like hurt her back like in real life so part of her screaming is like actual (laughs) i don't know if it's the one in the finished product but it definitely did like fuck her up and i've seen behind the scenes footage where she like they yell cut and she like grabs her back and starts crying because it's just like no too much no she's only like 14 in this like it's that's so much yeah um so that's like oh he also the director like slapped the I was gonna say the guy playing the priest, but he was an actual priest. The guy playing Dyer, oh, um, right before he like goes to give his the final rights to Karis because he wasn't liking the the like performance he was giving, and that's why his hands are shaking when he's like doing the final rites because it's like he's you know literally shook. <laughs> what the? I can't. The audacity. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's common in a lot of movies around this time, and unfortunately, not say that it was worth it, but like the movies are usually are a lot of times pretty great. And, like, that doesn't mean that it was worth the, like, you know, duress of the, like, actors terrorizing. The same is true of, like, The Shining. Like, the way that Shelley Duvall was just, like, fucking terrorized by Stanley Kubrick. And it's, like... Yeah, like, I mean, the movie is, like, fucking great. And, like, would it be as good if this had not happened? Who's to say? But, like, it doesn't mean it was worth it. Right, like, Shelley Duvall, who clearly is you know, needs a lot of, of, of assistance and, like, support. Yeah. Maybe it's not great to yell at her. And, like, I feel like slapping a priest, like, even that makes me, like, oh, like, clutch Right, I know. That just seems like an I wouldn't do step. it. No, I mean, unless, you know. I wouldn't do it if nothing else because nobody would like you doing that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. cosmic punishment or not, people would be like, you did what? <laughs> yeah. It's, like, just, I don't know. Oh, I also like in this movie that, um, and this is goes to me on part of this movie's influence is... When this movie came out, uh, people didn't even know what, like, an exorcist was. Mm-hmm, like, they, mm-hmm. the studio did a survey uh, to see, like, if what the title, like, how effective it was as a title. And thankfully, they didn't change it or anything. But apparently, like, the survey showed that, like, nobody knew what the fuck <laughs> it meant. Because even in the movie, they're like, well, we, like, it's kind of like Catholicism's dirty little secret. Like, we haven't done it in, like, mm-hmm. centuries Karis is like, I don't even know a single priest in all my years who's even, like, seen one happen or, like, talked about it. Oh, like, like Marin's, like, kind of the only one who's done it. And he's, like, even he's seen as, like, kind of like a... He's kind of painted as, like, the black sheep of the church in a way. Mm-hmm. So it's just funny that, like, in this movie they're, like, it's a last resort and we're only even doing it because we think it'll help Reagan, not because there's an actual demon in her. You know, like, because psychologically mm-hmm. it'll, like, shake her, like... And then... 
ever since this movie, everybody knows what an exorcism is. Mm-hmm. It's just like mm-hmm. a common, like, as if it was like communion, you know? And like, think of how many, how many movies have exorcist or exorcism in the title now. Seriously. And like, or feature an exorcist character or the like first thing they go to is an exorcism. And I like that in this movie, there's like all that reluctance and it's like, I don't know. And it's like clearly meant to be painted as this thing that's like super rare, like only extreme last resorts. And even then we don't know what it's going to do. And now like every other movie has an exorcism. Yeah. I mean, it really put exorcism on the map. On the map. Thank you. Honestly. I love this. And you even see it. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I, I enjoyed the scene where it's the doctors explaining the exorcism process to uh, Chris and they're like, well, you know, you get a priest or a rabbi and they, they do the thing and yada, yada. And so Chris goes, so you're telling me you want me to take my daughter to a witch doctor? Like she just like completely, right. it's like, no, we just said it's a priest or a rabbi. Right. But also thing. it's like, it's, it shows that like, she's not religious. Yeah. She so the idea she's of turning about. something religious is like, so not what she would go to. And then for them to say like, not only go to a religion, go to like the deepest recesses of like religious practice, and we have this like like check it out. You know what I mean? So it's right. like, oh god, you got to go back to the um, 16th century to get the info. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, Karis is even like, you got to get in a time machine. My first advice, which is like, <laughs> and she what? said, shut um, the fuck up. She said, <laughs> people are dying. I don't, I don't get that. I'm very nervous and stressed. <laughs> yeah, um, I am so stressed right now. But um, I also there's this uh, like little series on Shutter, the streaming app. Uh, called shutter uh and the 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 series is like a little mini series called cursed films and it like talks about like this and poltergeist and i think the omen and it's not it's not the best series i think it's even a little bit like exploitive but um i watched the exorcist one and it part of it follows a like person who like calls themselves an exorcist and he just like pops over to people's houses who are like going through possession who like clearly just need to like go like call their mom or talk to a therapist oh my God. um or go to the doctor and like exercises them and the people of course are like playing along they're like speaking in tongues or whatever or like ripping their clothes off and it's very you know like performative um but if this movie hadn't come out these people wouldn't like this guy wouldn't have this like you know scam business <laughs> you know what i mean oh my God. like people wouldn't know like what an exorcist was and couldn't like look one up on yelp Wow. Get get that gig, honey. You get that gig. That's the thing that's like you're you're preying on people who are believing you. And part of me I'm like you know <laughs> respect the hustle. But also like, come on. <laughs> this is exploitive. No, I know, it's terrible. When it's really it's like yeah. these people you need proper mental health uh support. Please. Yeah. But also, don't we all just want the opportunity to scream and just act like a f- fucking you know well, that's, that's the other thing is we, you know, are told by, you know, we're people don't look kindly upon people who just need to, like, let off some steam, even if you need to, like, you know, go stand under the, under the train tracks and yell. Um, so I think if you, like, rent an exorcist for an hour, that's a more, like, so- socially acceptable, also because it's, like, you know, drenched in religion, uh, more acceptable way to, like, let out... <laughs> <laughs> that like pent up stress and stuff and it's just like just 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 scream <laughs> please like let's talk this yeah. out let's get a therapist in here do some talk mm-hmm. therapy um and just have you run a lot of laps and get the energy out uh, or something please. but you know it's not for me to say what you need it's mm-hmm. for the desecrated mary statue to say what you need 
honestly help her cute it was kind of um, cute uh, it'd be a fun little figurine like to put on your dashboard mm-hmm. so people see it they're like oh you're really oh <laughs> <laughs> i do love I, well that's a great idea actually uh yeah i mean i guess like for some reason i don't feel too scared from this movie i don't know if it's just because i'm like well the world what scarier things are happening but um uh it is definitely great storytelling and great acting and great movie magic I am curious to read the book for sure. Um, does the book like provide a lot more backstory to what we see or is it relatively I similar? I honestly don't remember. The only things I remember first of all, liking the book and second of all, the thing that I was talking about earlier in this movie, when I first saw it, I was like surprised at how much of it is not the exorcism, you know, like right, if this yeah. was made nowadays, the exorcism would be the final hour of the movie, but it's like the final like 15 minutes and the book is even less. It's the final like 20 pages and the book's like 300 pages long. Like it's like oh, leading God. up to this and it's like not at all about the actual exorcism, which is why it's called the exorcist. Like that's mm. a person, yes. <laughs> not the actual like, you know, thing. Yeah. Why was he? Well, he was chosen. Uh, Marin showed up early and uh, came in late and he died yeah. doing what he loved. Getting demons out of children. Yeah, I I also, I find this movie, like, upsetting and very, it's not the scariest movie I've ever seen, but I can see why people say it is. Like, especially when it came out, I'm sure people were just, like, absolutely rocked the fuck out by it. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, what you said about, like, there's, like, scary things going on in the world, I think that's also kind of what the movie's going for. When I talked about earlier, like, um, evil does exist, and, like, what are you going to do when it shows up? And, like, whether that's, like, actually, you know, combating something that puts you in danger or like literally like you know holding up um a mirror and fighting back to power that like puts people in cages you know like evil exists in like so many ways even if they it isn't prescribed as such and nothing is that black and white obviously but like you know there are some things that are just bad and we need to you, you need to be ready to like call that out and fight it back i like that that's a great thing to say thank you yeah i mean like i, I it's purposeful that the demon in this movie isn't like, it's me, Lucifer. And like, uh, the, the demon does say it's the devil, but I mean, I, I think what it's going for there is, so Pazuzu is this like ancient Mesopotamian demon, which like obviously like predates Christianity, but it still is like terrorizing. <laughs> so I, I think that shows in a way the movie is like kind of pointing out the like interchangeability of religion. Like it's, that's, it's, it's not what matters in this movie. Like that's all just kind of like, uh, like window dressing the whole like ritual of it i think it's more about like expelling through power and just pure faith rather than a specific type of faith mm-hmm. um does that make any sense like yeah i think it's like- evil evil doesn't go to church like evil doesn't have a religion so it's <laughs> right. just kind of like you know right um because even like demi does and like he has his moment you know he doesn't believe but in the moment you know the, the evil right. is there regardless so like when the demon says i'm the devil i think it's just this mesopotamian god being like who's here a priest okay catholic who are they scared of the devil got it i'm gonna go for that and it's like their way of making the people around them despair even though it's not specifically a christian demon it's like taking the things that no it knows would scare christians specifically catholics and exploiting it because that will like bring despair to them in whatever sense it would be in this case it would make them believe that like god doesn't love them you know (laughs) um yes Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, and, um, and I mean, it's it can come from anywhere and it can like attack anybody, which is why I think also they it goes for this little girl because it's like it, it could happen to you. Who knows? And Marin earlier is like uh, Karis when he first meets Marin 
says like do you want to know like the background of the case like anything about like this little girl and Marin's like it doesn't matter like the that actually doesn't matter we're here just for the evil not for the actual like um mm. the vessel you know i do i love that line i love when demi's like i think there's like three personalities that she'll take on you know and yeah. uh Marin's like no there's just one Ooh, yep. bitch, just one it's evil um right. and i because that, and that's another thing it's like we you know can paints evil acts in like different ways and like look for the justification and the reasonings but like at the end of the day good is good bad is bad like again there are some things that are objectively good and bad we're talking about bad vibes, good or bad rather not Sorry. bad people bad vibes right i mean like well there's acts that are inherently bad yeah. they just are like a you know, murder assault that is a bad thing there's no way to work around that so like when it's something that's you know working in that realm you have to just do what you can to fight back hmm. 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 and i i mean another like point of that is that like the things that demons like purport to be responsible for are like things that actually happen in the real world if that makes sense like the demons like i killed burke and blah 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 and like people kill people so like it's not like the demon is doing much that human couldn't do anyway which mm. is also like goes to show like the extent of like evil acts I I feel kind of weird and icky saying things are like evil or bad because I I there's nuance to everything but yeah. I, like I said there's some things that are objectively bad. <laughs> sorry, sorry if that's controversial. Ooh, no, but I, I understand what you mean. Um, yeah, there is like evil intentions and evil energy. I I I, I agree with that, and I think uh, you know. But it, it's it, it's people who. But if you ask them, they wouldn't be like, "Yes, and I'm doing it to cause chaos." Although right. there are people who are like that. Mm-hmm yeah i mean and that's that's also part of it it's like you know the demon is just doing their job <laughs> to a degree they're, they're like so are you know it. so many people in power i was just doing my job exactly oh well oh, okay yeah well, i see i was following mean. orders yeah <laughs> that makes sense right yeah hitler didn't go to bed every night thinking he was evil you know he thought he was doing the right, right thing. exactly exactly yeah even like in something like american psycho it's like he's a serial killer who's like doing a bad thing and he knows it but like his brain is telling him he needs to do this and he's like his uh, sociopathy tells him that like he's the most important thing in the world so like what he's doing is correct because it is what is helpful to him so like even things that are the most objectively bad you know evil rape torture the people who are doing it can justify it to a degree and that just means that even though they can talk themselves out of it doesn't mean you need to be swayed by it you know and that's been the cody derrick's uh, evangelical hour. <laughs> you say oh i feel moved i feel touched mm-hmm. emotionally so that's all i got in the exorcist it's there's a lot of things that go on, but um, that's true. <laughs> it is uh, pretty interesting. It's pretty wild. It's great acting. It's well done. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty well-made movie, regardless of whether it like affects or not. You know, it's just like is pretty unquestionably like well-made, which a lot of horror movies are not. So yeah, and <laughs> it's I th- nice to see that. And I think regardless of like your faith as the viewer, I think it's still it'll still like you know make you have some sort of reaction um exactly exactly it's not like everybody who liked this movie goes to church you know well thank god the medical field is a little less scary today Mm -hmm. a little less a little bit oh gosh oh yeah this has been halloween here's the horror movie podcast happy halloween yeah the demon please call the exorcist yeah um, also, just be careful around staircases, long Please. staircases, because you're gonna break. Your yeah, neck. you can you can fall down a staircase, demon or no, you know that can just happen. <laughs> be careful. Honestly, that's the moral of the story. 
Uh, you, you know what you can do with your time? You can follow us on Instagram at Halloweeners Pod. Um, I'm working on making my Instagram and uh, public, so just hang on to your pants. Work on it. Work, work. Uh, we're also on Twitter. Same, uh, same handle. Did I? Oh, sorry. Yeah, that too. Get into it. That and you too. can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Uh-huh. And you can follow me on Twitter, Letterboxd, Instagram, everything at CodyMonster91. Thanks to Apri Pompey for our beautiful theme music. You can follow him on Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, Spotify, Apri Pompey. Yes. And you can follow Leah Patterson, who did our beautiful artwork uh, you're looking at uh you can follow her on instagram at a tender witch i'm sure they have some cute mm-hmm. halloween goodies uh available for purchase that uh would look nice in your home and it is halloween time what what do you say oh I, I said and it is halloween time oh it is oh i saw a real cute, we, we saw a real cute front lawn decoration set up um uh, yesterday it was like they had like a, a a tomb with a skeleton coming out and like there were skeletons and there was like a creepy oh, looking yeah. man with like a like a lantern i love the giant skeleton that's that's around now with like 12 oh, love the giant skeleton please Pray to him. I, I wanted to get one even though i have nowhere to put it. that would be so funny if you just have it sticking out of your window though just dangling out of my window. From the hey. second floor. Yeah, it's taking up my entire living room, but like absolutely worth it. <laughs> Committed to. That'd be so fun. And my house is so cold because the window's open. Oh my God. <laughs> so, oh, that was such a thing too in this movie was like when they would come into her bedroom and the windows would be open and like, yeah. it's so cold and it's like, oh my God, bitch. Like what is going on no, in you. here? Crazy. Yeah. And they actually like refrigerated the set. So like their breath was real. Oh, that's so terrible. Too much. <laughs> yeah. Well, the whole house is a set, which I love. They, like the outside was a real house, but the inside mm-hmm. was all built. All fake. Ooh. Happy Halloween Ooh. out there. Bye. people. Oh, 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 oh.